Section 7 of The American Crises by Thomas Paine. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Crises 5. Part 2. Lancaster, March 21, 1778. To the Inhabitants of America. With all the pleasure with which a man exchanges bad company for good, I take my leave of Sir William and return to you. It is now nearly three years since the tyranny of Britain received its first repulse by the arms of America, a period which has given birth to a new world and erected a monument to the folly of the old. I cannot help being sometimes surprised at the complimentary references which I have seen and heard made to ancient histories and transactions. The wisdom, civil governments, and sense of honor of the states of greece and rome are frequently held up as objects of excellence and imitation mankind have lived to very little purpose if at this period of the world they must go two or three thousand years back for lessons and examples we do great injustice to ourselves by placing them in such a superior line we have no just authority for it neither can we tell why it is that we should suppose ourselves inferior could the mist of antiquity be cleared away and men and things be viewed as they really were it is more than probable that they would admire us rather than we them america has surmounted a greater variety and combination of difficulties than i believe ever fell to the share of any one people in the same space of time and has replenished the world with more useful knowledge and sounder maxims of civil government than were ever produced in any age before had it not been for america there had been no such thing as freedom left throughout the whole universe england has lost hers in a long chain of right reasoning from wrong principles and it is from this country now that she must learn the resolution to redress herself and the wisdom how to accomplish it the grecians and romans were strongly possessed of the spirit of liberty but not the principle for at the time that they were determined not to be slaves themselves they employed their power to enslave the rest of mankind but this distinguished era is blotted by no one misanthropical vice in short if the principle on which the cause is founded the universal blessings that are to rise from it the difficulties that accompany it the wisdom with which it has been debated the fortitude by which it has been supported the strength of the power which we had to oppose and the condition in which we undertook it be all taken in one view we may justly style it the most virtuous and illustrious revolution that ever graced the history of mankind a good opinion of ourselves is exceedingly necessary in private life but absolutely necessary in public life and of the utmost importance in supporting national character i have no notion of yielding the palm of the united states to any grecians or romans that were ever born we have equalled the bravest in times of danger and excelled the wisest in construction of civil governments from this agreeable eminence let us take a review of present affairs the spirit of corruption is so inseparably interwoven with british politics that their ministry suppose all mankind are governed by the same motives they have no idea of a people submitting even to temporary inconvenience from an attachment to rights and privileges 
their plans of business are calculated by the hour and for the hour and are uniform in nothing but the corruption which gives them birth they never had neither have they at this time any regular plan for the conquest of america by arms they know not how to go about it neither have they the power to effect it if they did know the thing is not within the compass of human practicability for america is too extensive either to be fully conquered or passively defended but she may be actively defended by defeating or making prisoners of the army that invades her and this is the only system of defence that can be effectual in a large country there is something in a war carried on by invasion which makes it differ in circumstances from any other mode of war because he who conducts it cannot tell whether the ground he gains be for him or against him when he first obtains it in the winter of seventeen seventy six general howe marched with an air of victory through the jerseys the consequence of which was his defeat and general burgoyne at saratoga experienced the same fate from the same cause the spaniards about two years ago were defeated by the algerines in the same manner that is their first triumphs became a trap in which they were totally routed and whoever will attend to the circumstances and events of a war carried on by invasion will find that any invader in order to be finally conquered must first begin to conquer i confess myself one of those who believe the loss of philadelphia to be attended with more advantages than injuries the case stood thus the enemy imagined philadelphia to be more important to us than it really was for we all know that it had long ceased to be a port not a cargo of goods had been brought into it for nearly a twelvemonth nor any fixed manufactories nor even shipbuilding carried on in it yet as the enemy believed the conquest of it to be practicable and to that belief added the absurd idea that the soul of all america was centred there and would be conquered there it naturally flows that their possession of it by not answering the end proposed must break up the plans they had so foolishly gone upon and either oblige them to form a new one for which their present strength is not sufficient or give over the attempt we never had so small an army to fight against nor so fair an opportunity of final success as now the death wound is already given the day is ours if we follow it up the enemy by his situation is within our reach and by his reduced strength is within our power the ministers of britain may rage as they please but our part is to conquer their armies let them wrangle and welcome but let it not draw our attention from the one thing needful here in this spot is our own business to be accomplished our felicity secured what we have now to do is as clear as light and the way to do it as straight as a line it needs not be commented upon yet in order to be perfectly understood i will put a case that cannot admit of a mistake had the armies under generals howe and burgoyne been united and taken post at germantown and had the northern army under general gates been joined to that under general washington at white marsh the consequence would have been a general action and if in that action we had killed and taken the same number of officers and men that is between nine and ten thousand with the same quantity of artillery arms stores etc as have been taken at the north ward and obliged general howe with the remains of his army 
that is with the same number he now commands to take shelter in philadelphia we should certainly have thought ourselves the greatest heroes in the world and should as soon as the season permitted have collected together all the force of the continent and laid siege to the city for it requires a much greater force to besiege an enemy in a town than to defeat him in the field the case now is just the same as if it had been produced by the means i have here supposed between nine and ten thousand have been killed and taken all their stores are in our possession and general howe in consequence of that victory has thrown himself for shelter into philadelphia he or his trifling friend galloway may form what pretenses they please yet no just reason can be given for their going into winter quarters so early as the nineteenth of october but their apprehensions of a defeat if they continued out or their conscious inability of keeping the field with safety i see no advantage which can arise to america by hunting the enemy from state to state it is a triumph without a prize and wholly unworthy the attention of a people determined to conquer neither can any state promise itself security while the enemy remains in a condition to transport themselves from one part of the continent to another how likewise cannot conquer where we have no army to oppose therefore any such removals in him are mean and cowardly and reduces britain to a common pilferer if he retreats from philadelphia he will be despised if he stays he may be shut up and starved out and the country if he advances into it may become his saratoga he has his choice of evils and we of opportunities if he moves early it is not only a sign but a proof that he expects no reinforcement and his delay will prove that he either waits for the arrival of a plan to go upon or forced to execute it or both in which case our strength will increase more than his therefore in any case we cannot be wrong if we do but proceed the particular condition of pennsylvania deserves the attention of all the other states her military strength must not be estimated by the number of inhabitants here are men of all nations characters professions and interests here are the firmest whigs surviving like sparks in the ocean unquenched and uncooled in the midst of discouragement and disaffection here are men losing their all with cheerfulness and collecting fire and fortitude from the flames of their own estates here are others skulking in secret many making a market of the times and numbers who are changing to whig or tory with the circumstances of every day it is by a mere dint of fortitude and perseverance that the whigs of this state have been able to maintain so good accountants and to do even what they have done we want help and the sooner it can arrive the more effectual it will be the invaded state be it which it may will always feel an additional burden upon its back and be hard set to support its civil power with sufficient authority and this difficulty will rise or fall in proportion as the other states throw in their assistance to the common cause the enemy will most probably make many manoeuvres at the opening of this campaign to amuse and draw off the attention of the several states from the one thing needful we may expect to hear of alarms and pretended expeditions to this place and that place to the southward the eastward and the northward all intended to prevent our forming into one formidable body the less the enemy's strength is 
the more subtleties of this kind will they make use of their existence depends upon it because the force of america when collected is sufficient to swallow their present army up it is therefore our business to make short work of it by bending our whole attention to this one principal point for the instant that the main body under general howe is defeated all the inferior alarms throughout the continent like so many shadows will follow his downfall the only way to finish a war with the least possible bloodshed or perhaps without any is to collect an army against the power of which the enemy shall have no chance by not doing this we prolong the war and double both the calamities and expenses of it what a rich and happy country would america be were she by a vigorous exertion to reduce how as she has reduced burgoyne her currency would rise to millions beyond its present value every man would be rich and every man would have it in his power to be happy and why not do these things what is there to hinder america is her own mistress and can do what she pleases if we had not at this time a man in the field we could nevertheless raise an army in a few weeks sufficient to overwhelm all the force which general howe at present commands vigor and determination will do anything and everything we began the war with this kind of spirit why not end it with the same here gentlemen is the enemy here is the army the interest the happiness of all america is centered in this half-ruined spot come and help us here are laurels come and share them here are tories come and help us to expel them here are whigs that will make you welcome and enemies that dread your coming the worst of all policies is that of doing things by halves penny wise and pound foolish has been the ruin of thousands the present spring if rightly improved will free us from our troubles and save us the expense of millions we have now only one army to cope with no opportunity can be fairer no prospect more promising i shall conclude this paper with a few outlines of a plan either for filling up the battalions with expedition or for raising an additional force for any limited time on any sudden emergency that in which every man is interested is every man's duty to support and any burden which falls equally on all men and from which every man is to receive an equal benefit is consistent with the most perfect ideas of liberty i would wish to revive something of that virtuous ambition which first called america into the field then every man was eager to do his part and perhaps the principal reason why we have in any degree fallen therefrom is because we did not set a right value by it at first but left it to blaze out of itself instead of regulating and preserving it by just proportions of rest and service suppose any state whose number of effective inhabitants was eighty thousand should be required to furnish thirty two hundred men toward the defence of the continent on any sudden emergency first let the whole number of effective inhabitants be divided into hundreds then if each of those hundreds turn out four men the whole number of thirty two hundred will be had second let the name of each hundred men be entered in a book and let four dollars be collected from each man with as much more as any of the gentlemen whose abilities can afford it shall please to throw in which gifts likewise shall be entered against the names of the donors third 
let the sum so collected be offered as a present over and above the bounty of twenty dollars to any four who may be inclined to propose themselves as volunteers if more than four offer the majority of the subscribers present shall determine which if none offer then four out of the hundred shall be taken by lot who shall be entitled to said sums and shall either go or provide others that will in the space of six days fourth as it will always happen that in the space of ground on which a hundred men shall live there will be always a number of persons who by age and infirmity are incapable of doing personal service and as such persons are generally possessed of the greatest part of property in any country their proportion of service therefore will be to furnish each man with a blanket which will make a regimental coat jacket and breeches or clothes in lieu thereof and another for a watch cloak and two pair of shoes for however choice people may be of these things matters not in cases of this kind those who live always in houses can find many ways to keep themselves warm but it is a shame and a sin to suffer a soldier in the field to want a blanket while there is one in the country should the clothing not be wanted the superannuated or infirm persons possessing property may in lieu thereof throw in their money subscriptions towards increasing the bounty for though age will naturally exempt a person from personal service it cannot exempt him from his share of the charge because the men are raised for the defence of property and liberty jointly there never was a scheme against which objections might not be raised but this alone is not a sufficient reason for rejection the only line to judge truly upon is to draw out and admit all the objections which can fairly be made and place against them all the contrary qualities conveniences and advantages then by striking a balance you come at the true character of any scheme principle or position the most material advantages of the plan here proposed are ease expedition and cheapness yet the men so raised get a much larger bounty than is anywhere at the present given because all the expenses extravagance and consequent idleness of recruiting are saved or prevented the country incurs no new debt nor interest thereon the whole matter being all settled at once and entirely done with it is a subscription answering all the purposes of a tax without either the charge or trouble of collecting the men are ready for the field with the greatest possible expedition because it becomes the duty of the inhabitants themselves in every part of the country to find their proportion of men instead of leaving it to a recruiting sergeant who be he ever so industrious cannot know always where to apply i do not propose this as a regular digested plan neither will the limits of this paper admit of any further remarks upon it i believe it to be a hint capable of much improvement and as such submit it to the public signed common sense end of the crises five part two by thomas paine recording by kirk ziegler ogden utah voiceovers by kirk dot com